Welcome back to the Brooklyn Poets Yopcast bonus edition for December 13th, 2021. Featuring the 12 winners of Yop Palm of the Month over the course of the past year, facing off head-to-head for Yop Palm of the Year honors. I am your host and MC once again, Jason Koo. If you don't know what the Yop is, the Yop is a monthly poetry workshop and open mic formerly held at 61 Local on Cobble Hill, hosted virtually since the pandemic began. For more information and to sign up for the open mic, go to brooklynpoets.org. This year's finalists for Poem of the Year honors were Arthur Russell, Preeti Shah, Josephine Blair Kipriano, Morgan Boyle, Cassidy Gabriel, Surendria Rao, Aishvarya Aurora, Jay Eason, Tawanda Malalu, Yana Kane, Todd Friedman, and last but not least, Madeline Phillips. So, these poems are amazing. I'm just going to get out of your way. The Brooklyn Poets Yacht Poem of the Year Contest for 2021. Enjoy. Welcome, everyone. Sorry for the delay. We had some last minute, there's always last minute issues to deal with. There was a, a little bit of panic. Uh, some some of the readers' guests had not yet gotten their Zoom link and uh, we're trying to take care of that. There's been some weird discrepancies between uh, people on our Eventbrite list who for some reason uh, did not get a Zoom link. Um, if by any chance any of you participants know someone <laughs> that should have gotten a Zoom link because they bought a ticket or they attended the gala last night. Uh, if you could send Emily Blair in the chat that information, uh, she can add anyone that was supposed to be here. Uh, one technical tip for everyone. Hi, by the way, <laughs> uh, I'm Jason Koo, uh, Executive Director of Brooklyn Poets. If you have no idea who I am and you're just like, who is this guy giving, giving us all these stressful instructions? Uh, one thing you want to do in the chat, or let me, one explanation about the Zoom webinar format if you've never attended one, uh, only the panelists uh, are visible on screen with their mics enabled so everyone you see before you is either a reader tonight one of the finalists for the poem of the year award or book and poet staff members um everyone else uh we would love for you to participate in the chat and one thing you need to do so that everyone sees what you're writing in the chat is to click everyone uh next to the two that little blue button at the bottom of the chat you want to click everyone so that everyone sees the chat and if you want to send a direct message about guests that are supposed to be here uh, you can send that directly to Emily Blair, who is our uh, web manager and designer that you see in the screen before you. Um, also, I'm, I'm seeing some chats. I'm pretty sure Suzanne Sumer was on the Eventbrite list, uh, but uh, we will look into that. So Emily, if you could check on Susan Sumer, you can't forward your link to anybody, people, because each person has an individual link. All right, so that that is not going to work. At least I, I don't think it's going to work. <laughs> it's possible it might, but I, I don't think that's going to work. Um, other people you see before you, uh, Brooklyn Poet staff, Renee Care, Development Director, amazing photographer last night. I'm sorry, I just learned that Renee did not get a picture of themselves in their cute outfit last night because they were too busy taking photos of everyone else and making them look beautiful. Uh, and I, I somehow felt really bad about that. <laughs> like it took me like two minutes. I was like so sad. Uh, for Renee, so uh, but I'm sure that you took amazing pictures of everyone else. Um, who else is here? Justin Mackey. Our, oh, sorry, 
I said, everyone can just keep cheering in the chat and like spread the word of mouth that I looked really hot yesterday. It'll be fine. That's, yeah. that's what I need to happen. Yeah, so exactly. Just you're send, doing it for me. Thank send you. And those wavelengths out there. <laughs> um, Justin Mack, your web editor is here, the man who uh, puts together Poem of the Week features every week and a couple of staff members who are staff members but I, I sort of hesitate to indicate that they are because they're also reading tonight so I don't want you to let that influence you in any way but Josephine Blair our virtual events manager and Jay Eason our office manager are also uh, reading tonight uh, let me just point out there's no favoritism that goes to staff members at these events uh, the poem of the month is voted on by audience vote every month so uh, it's pretty much a democratic process for all. Um, so Yana, I just got your chat message. I did see you in Eventbrite, the attendee list, but you also got a panelist invite. So uh, <laughs> I really wish we were taking care of this before the event, but you need to look in your panelist invite. Emily, I guess, can you look in our Zoom and see if Yana has a panelist invite? I'm pretty sure that she does because I double checked that, but it may have gone to a different email, Yana. So- Can uh, you, up Jason, can you upgrade her to panelists just in the, oh, I, right. I can't do it, I'm that's not another, a host. That's another solution, hold on one second. Sorry, everyone who just came to enjoy some poetry that <laughs> you're dealing with this so far, but we assure you, we are going to get this underway. As soon as possible. And but that's a good point. Let me make some people co-hosts. Um, but yeah, I should be able to just make you on a panelist. Where are you? There you are. Okay, the conversion process is underway. I'm very excited for you, Yana. You're about to materialize digitally in front of everyone's face. It's very exciting. And uh, everyone will be able to see and hear you. Okay. Um, any other <laughs> crises in the chat that I need to be aware of? Uh, yeah, uh, Suzanne Sumer uh, got the right. Emily's looking into, the, into that. I'll shut up. That. I'll shut up. Are you looking into that, Emily? <laughs> I I think the problem was she had the wrong. I entered the wrong email address for her. So should oh, I send? It, oh, yeah, Arthur, need the right email address, then I can just. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to do that. I'm going to shut up. Great, thanks. I'm sorry. I was just struggling with the vet right. I'm sorry. I'm not ignoring anyone. Frank, I just saw your chat message. Thank you. Last night was wonderful. And it's funny, you 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 put that in the chat at exactly in the moment my mind was thinking, aren't online events wonderful? <laughs> like I've just been comparing the start of this event to last night's event. But you know, in-person events are chaos too. I expected to get at the gala yesterday at like three o'clock. I got there at like 4.15 because of just awful New York City traffic. Uh, but, you know, in the end, it all turned out fine. So, in fact, more than fine. It turned out great. So uh, we hope for a similar end result tonight. Uh, let me start introducing our event, uh, especially for those of you who are new to Brooklyn Poets. And maybe this is your first event. You're sort of aware of what's going on, but you're mainly here to cheer for one person. You don't know who all these other people are and you don't know why I'm blabbering my mouth for so long. But uh, Brooklyn Poets is a nonprofit organization that uh, runs a, a monthly event called the YAWP, which is our monthly poetry workshop and open mic event. And every month uh, by audience vote, we vote on uh, the winner of YAWP Poem of the Month. And those 12 poets over the course of the year read at this event tonight. And by audience vote, we decide who is the winner of the YAWP Poem of the Year Award. And uh, the winner takes home a cash prize, $500. 
uh, gets a Poet of the Week feature on our website, unless they've already been featured. Uh, and all the finalists uh, receive a tote bag. They get award invited to our awards gala. Many of them were there last night, uh, looking very, very sharp and uh, having a great time eating some amazingly fluffy cheesecake. <laughs> Hopefully you all got a little bit of that. Um, I regret that I didn't get to eat the chicken wings that I had on my plate. And I only realized that at like 1 a.m. last night. And it was very sad, almost as sad as I was when I realized that Renee did not get any pictures of themselves. Um, but uh, we are going to hear the winners of the, sorry, the, yeah, the winners of the Y'all Poem of the Month over the course of the next hour or so. They're each going to read their winning poem. With one exception, Jay Eason, who uh, actually won twice. So uh, since you can't actually win twice, you can only win once. She wasn't, uh, Jay wasn't eligible to win the second time. So they chose, uh, they just chose one of the two poems. I think I'm getting that right, Jay, right? <laughs> That's what you did. Um, um, so yeah, and I mean, really you are still reading one of the poems that won, you're just reading one of them. Um, a couple of, I guess, ground rules before we start, if you're interested, like how we're gonna vote. Uh, we're gonna vote at the end of the night. So uh, in fact, I'm not even gonna tell you how to vote yet because I don't wanna get, I mean, some of you know how we usually vote, uh, but because this is such a uh, careful process and we don't want the vote to be corrupted, uh, we don't want anyone outside the event voting because uh, that is not okay. And we don't know who's slipping information to people. So there's gonna be a certain time window that everyone votes and everyone is gonna vote at that same time. And you are gonna to have to identify yourself uh, when you vote so that I know uh, you're actually attending this event, okay? So it's, there's a little like secrecy about it, but it will all become very clear. It will be very easy to vote uh, when the time is right. Uh, but uh, for the next hour or so, just kick back and enjoy these poems. We're gonna screen share the text of the poems as we go and we're gonna just, re the, the readers are gonna read in the order in which they won. So the clock for this event actually starts the December the year before. Um, so it's sort of like a little bit staggered. It's mostly 2021, uh, partly 2020, uh, but our first winner was Arthur Russell in December of 2020. And then our last winner was November, 2021. That was Madeline Phillips. So the poets will be reading in that order. Um, Staff, am I forgetting anything? And by the way, does any of you want a live tweet not named Joe or Jay? <laughs> that might have to be you, Renee, actually, because uh, I don't think Justin's ever done that. Are you still there, Renee? Um, I am, I will say. I'm very bad at live tweeting because of how my brain works with attention. So I need someone to email me the document of the poems if okay. I'm going to do that because I cannot listen and like process and tweet. Okay. Yeah. Well, I will take care of it, I think, then. Uh, unless you want to do it, Justin. I'm not even sure you're there, actually. <laughs> but uh, I can probably take care of it. Oh, photos. So uh, this is mostly for the readers tonight because I really don't want to have screenshots of any of you. If any of you participants would also like to send us selfies, we love to get the selfies for our events galleries. We've continued to share albums of our events, even though they've been virtual. And uh, a lot of times it consists of really boring awkward, slightly blurry screenshots. That's not great. It's not a great look, especially for the people in the photos. So you post tonight, uh, if you could just take a selfie at some, I know some of you are like pros at this, like Madeline, who's got the photo background and everything. But uh, if you could all take a selfie at some point and send it to me, that would be great. So that our events album looks like actual people were reading and not like, you know, digitized uh, creations on screen. Um, okay, um, so, uh, we are going to start 
And uh, in order to start, I just need to pull up the poem document. So I will do that really quickly. Just give me one second as we get this. We're about to get this underway. Okay, as I mentioned, our first reader of the night is our winner from December of 2020, Arthur Russell, who is so great, he doesn't need a bio. Arthur, take it away. I guess. Um, this. All right, so um, it's great to be here and it's great to have all my friends and acquaintances in the, in the two and I'm really glad to be reading and I'm super nervous. And um, I just wanted to say that this is a poem about the things that we carry through the world with us. It's called Unencumbered. And it might be a little different from that version because that version is from last November, but um, this will do. Unencumbered. I loved my briefcase, this heavy black leather Schlesinger thing with gusseted sides and a brass clasp and little brass keys I never used. In the momentum days of my marriage, when the briefcase bottom began to wear through from all the concrete flags outside courthouses I'd set it down on between my legs to talk to clients and other lawyers, I'd hold it in the subway on my lap and pass my thumb over the frayed leather. One day, when the lawyers on our side were in the glass-walled conference room and the other side came off the elevators, 11 of them in gray summer weight suits and button-down white shirts and ties I could tell you every brand of, and stopped at reception, and Laurel smiled at something one of them said and pointed to us through the glass, and they started towards us again, like expanding foam insulation. I tilted my head to the right and asked Steve, which one is Monroe? And he said, the one with no briefcase. From then on, I strove to leave my briefcase home. I carried a small spiral notebook in my inside suit coat pocket and poetry books in my top coat. And I wasn't shedding load solely to cultivate authority, but also remembering how my grandpa Meyer had slipped his flat wrapped lunch sandwich into his side coat pocket for the subway ride from Brighton Beach to the garment district. This feeling of being unencumbered as he walked through the world. And my father, this was in my 30s, told me that cats have no concept of time, no concept of memory as a record of time, that they know things but they don't know why. That the cat is unencumbered by memory because the cat is unencumbered by time. He said, if you want an easy life, Sonny, be like the cat. So I, with no mortgage or goals or urgency or discipline, I should be ready for a nap. But I've learned that emotion 
conducts some memories to the left and others to the right. That feelings brand events for keeps and segregate archival stuff from what's only by the way. The more you remember, the more there is of life. The more of time there is, but it gathers in the past and drags you back by the belt. And when I think of how much trouble I've had with emotion, I remind myself of a stop sign in a hurricane, not crying when my parents died, stunned and listless for the breakup of my marriage, the losses piled like patent applications in the dumpster outside the U.S. Patent Office. When I consider walking weightlessly through the world, free as a cat from time within domestic walls on a sunny window seat, I wonder whether I carry more than hands-free authority through the world and whether I am unencumbered after all, because I am a human, not a cat. And whether I carry it with me or leave it home, I am a locked briefcase filled with scuffed and curled complaints and penciled notes with posted squares for tabs of things to say and the contracts that I've breached and the judgments I have failed to satisfy. Starting today, in whatever condition I'm in, I mean to remember the scene in the movie where the janitor is on the ladder at the end of a long school hallway, changing the light bulb, and the schoolgirl at the foot of his ladder is begging him for a game of chess, and how the thought of my dying father somehow attached itself to the light from that light bulb, swinging gently back and forth after the janitor had come down from the ladder and walked away from the girl. Because the shuddering emotion I hide from myself, I carry like the gussets of my body, like the red shred of a plastic bag woven into a robin's nest, nested like beliefs. And the only hope of extracting them is to pull on one that pulls another till the father one appears. And with it, all the insulated loss, the frayed desire, the extinguished ambition, the subway train that pulls me by the belt back to my mother and the flat wrapped sandwich in the outside pocket of my joyous hurt beginnings. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Mr. Russell. Always a pleasure. Uh, you know, I love your poems, especially about uh, your family. Uh, it's great to see you last night as well, looking sharp. And uh, <laughs> Not as maybe... sharp as you, Jason. You were the sharp. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and maybe you'll take home another, another trophy tonight. Uh, but uh, we'll see. Uh, it's a great way to start. That was December, 2020. Remember 2020? <laughs> 2021 has been pretty similar. Our next reader, the start of 2021, January, 
back when we were maybe feeling more hopeful. <laughs> Preeti Shah, how are you doing, Preeti? How are you doing, Jason? Uh, thank you to everyone, this Brooklyn community, you know. Uh, you guys always give so much love and warmth and yeah, uh, just wishing you and your loved ones good health and ease. And this is my dad's hat. He's here with us today when I read this, so. My father sings on my voicemail. Hello, Preeti. That is voicemail. Yeah. On my name, I was in Prasanjay. Voicemail is full. We'll listen to as many times as you held my hand to teach me to walk. As per our talk or discussion last night, we are calling you at, at 8.45, but you are not responding. Please respond. Thank you. Bye. We'll listen to as many times as the white hairs you asked me to pluck out from your scalp, dampened with the warmth of sandalwood and saffron. Benji, If you have time, give us, give me calls. Bye. We'll listen to as many times as the miles you drove from the adoption agency into my heart. I pity this is your dad and it is 6.30 and you are not here. So I'm wondering where are you? When are you coming home? Are you going to eat dinner? Please call ASAP. Five. We'll listen to as many times as the hours you stood while performing surgery. Hi, you know, how are you? I heard on TV that there was a lot of rain in New York City and, and flood in the subway. Are you all right? Let me call. And your time, bye. We'll listen to as many times as the smiles you give mom before she had a chance to get upset at us. Hello, are you eating lunch? We'll listen to as many times as the proverbs you muster from your childhood. I believe that Anand and Rupert are coming tomorrow. Do you need anything from here? Please give me call as soon as possible. Bye. We'll listen to as many times as the song sung from your days as a child refugee, from Karachi to Limerdi to Santa Cruz in the midst of the India-Pakistan partition. If the Malgadi leave from there, Malgadi is called good strain, which brings all different goods and takes it long distance, but takes 
so much time in one building. So did the good train leave yet? Give me call, good train owner. Bye. We'll listen to as many times as the missed calls you have left on my phone. Hello, Pity. Give me call when you're free. Thank you. Bye. We'll listen to as many times as the beeps made by the EKG when you were in the hospital with the coma. Hi, Sviti. We have to go to that Mayurika and Siris Sanguish. Is that first? No? We'll listen to us long as you are not here with us. The last save voicemails, memorize and listen to ad infinitum. Thank you. Oh, Preeti, thank you. Uh, that was indeed uh, just such a pleasure to hear again. Uh, I love your dad's voice. Uh, and it's it really was one of the most uh, unforgettable poems that I can remember uh, at the Yop these many years. So uh, uh, kudos to you, uh, kudos to your dad. Uh, what a great man. Uh, and uh, I love that we can have this poem to hear his voice. Um, also great match with his hat, with that sweatshirt. I see that, you know. <laughs> Where's everyone else's sweatshirt tonight, finalists? <laughs> it's definitely a, a knock for uh, knock against all the rest of you. Pretty just moved ahead in my book. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, everyone's going to go put on their sweatshirt or t shirt. <laughs> I'm just going to turn the camera off for a second. <laughs> Gear up. All right. Um, our third poet tonight close to my heart, uh, many of your hearts, Brooklyn Poets, virtual events manager. You know, she's dealing with some difficult things with her family right now. Uh, we love you, Joe. We're excited to hear this poem again. And uh, yeah, go for it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> sorry, that was a difficult poem to have to go after. Um, okay. Um, I just first want to say that a lot of my family is here right now and we're going through a tremendous loss um, right now. And I love you and I'm really touched that you're all here. And just um, this moment that we're all kind of sharing this together and like listening to poetry, like Kido would love this. And I just want to dedicate this moment to all of us here together. And I want to dedicate that to him. Okay. Hmm. This is a poem that has nothing to do with that. <laughs> My best friend is having an abortion and I can't be there, so I send her flowers. It's not lost on me that the flowers will die. To show I understand the connection between supply and demand and death. Is it better to tell you I'm a vegan? or better to say that I survived the violence of a man who was told he couldn't have me. More impressive still 
is the fact that I'm a vegan who waited until the fourth line to declare it. The thing is, we're all fucked. I fantasize about Jeff Bezos going broke, forced to run the corner store where I grew up, getting wrecked by night shifts. Meanwhile, my whole foods delivery is scheduled for 4 p.m. I'm trying to see if my unemployment money is enough to fly to my friend who is having this abortion alone. It's not. I send her flowers. In about a week, the flowers will die because I paid someone to kill them. At my desk, I'm overwhelmed by the thought of my partner's lips. I think about interrupting his work. All the time, I interrupt his work, but this time my friend calls. The pills have dissolved, but the blood won't come. Her fiance isn't there. We don't talk about that. Instead, I talk about my first walk in the desert, about the cactus needles white in the sun, the bat's head cratered, matted, sweet brown like a wild moon fallen from its skewered body, the victorious Choya, its spines, my sudden desire to become a cactus, to hold tiny heads, to grip onto bits of everything that has died after touching me. I don't know if this is the best story to tell. I've never been a mother, a holder of babies, an understander of almost. I think about right things at wrong times. I'm thinking about food when the blood comes. Over the phone, my best friend screams. I forget the pasteles in the cabinet. Something breaks. When is it over? Soon, I promise, without knowing which part she means. We are together for on FaceTime for six hours and she apologizes for how long it takes. Shut up, I tell her. I love you more than ever. She screams in pain. Outside, a white cloth billows in the breeze. When I was young, I thought of wind like a giant octopus. In college, on the night of my abortion, I was alone. If I hold my friend's suffering to my ear, an octopus feeds me so much I drown. When we hang up, I'm so quiet. In bed, Jay presses his palm against my closed eyes. A storm hovers over the wood beams of our ceiling. Last week, I tried to categorize a depressive episode by naming it after weather. I've lost track of my edges inside this bed. To show I understand the relationship between love and decision and suffering, is it better to tell you I will always feel like I failed as a mother or that I am certain I will never regret my abortion? I try to breathe, but I am so tired of trying to name an unnameable wave, of imagining pain like it's weather. But if there were a cloud for those of us who've had abortions, it would fit exactly into the cloud of motherhood. Why does no one ever talk about this? Why don't we admit that sometimes there is wondering? Is that the same as regret? I'm sure someone will ask, but there is no regret, never regret, and still grief. I don't know who turns off the lights, but in the dark, I feel true vastness for the first time. I sleep in its palms. Tomorrow, my love and I will water our plants and swing in our hammock and kiss in a moment no one has touched before us. I will call my mother. I will smile at every woman on the street. I will order the deaths of thousands of roses. 
I will lay their bodies one by one, mouths open at my feet. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Uh, that was beautiful. Uh, my heart goes out to you and your family. Uh, I'm glad you could read that tonight, though, uh, because it, it did feel restorative. Uh, yeah, you know I love you. Um, this is going to be hard, people. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> this is, this, uh, I, I think I for, I mean, I haven't really forgotten, but I think I think I kind of have, like how <laughs> amazing the poems were. I don't know if it was the pandemic or what, but uh, I don't know. Maybe the people that have seen this event before can tell me, but uh, the, the poems are amazing so far. And uh, yeah, anyway, um, we're all going to have a difficult task, but uh, in the meantime, we can enjoy one great poem after another and ultimately know that great poems are just great poems and there is really no best poem it's just for the purposes of this event I'll stop talking our next poet another great poet another great poem coming up Morgan Boyle how you doing Morgan I'm great um well I'm I'm here uh I'm excited to hear all of everyone's poems um Josephine that was amazing and all all the best to you um just happy you're here. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I don't know. Thanks. I'm, I'm stoked to be here. I'm just stoked to read in this group. So uh, this is my poem, um, Winter After Fall. Been painting my eyes dark and getting plastered in the park. In lieu of words, I vomited in the bushes on the hill. It wasn't a poem because it wasn't a poetic sadness. Poetic sadness isn't wet, doesn't spatter. Poetic empathy isn't blurred eyes from Crown Heights corner liquor store love. In the bushes, in the park, pissing in the dark, friend posted up as sentinel. It wasn't supposed to be like this. At the beginning, it was eight hours of sleep and the softness of home, slipping into words, into digital messages, eye-fucking strangers on soulful walks, all I could do without touching another body. Now it's been almost a year and I'm I fucking on the street, I fucking on the train, I fucking in the photos I take and send to strangers whose bodies I don't know and I miss the not knowing, the unknowing, the feeling and touching and thinking that they could be anything and anyone and the parks and the streets are the only things I explore now, staring down neon signs that were new to me in April, newness, the newness of April, Stretching fingers, toes, entire limbs, stretched my head into April, who was April, who was I in April, God, that newness. The poems I wrote in a soft world, free of work and full of sorrow. Nothing like the fear of death and lack of work to kick a body. January came dark, winter came dark. I came darkly in a world free of good porn in my bed yesterday, or was it the day before? The bodies are lacking. My body is lacking. The mirror in my room is too big, and all I can see is my body that should be old to me, new to me in the constant scrutiny. I got a tattoo to solidify my old body in my new head, but every time I wake up in the mirror, 
I always wake up in the mirror. I sit up and I am the first thing I see. I see dissonance, the dissonance of body, of mind, of tattooed self, of stupidity. I move through stupidity, never having felt stupid. Wake up as a new person every unnumbered day and look into the dissonant and dare not to feel sick or stupid or sad or concerned. It's been almost two years since I've seen my family. Will they notice that I've aged? Have I aged? Can I be stuck at a young 28 until I can throw my body back into the pit? The human race never wants to work again. Let the government take care of us and let us be ourselves. Sad people, lonely people, romantic people, building monuments to the dead until we cross that mysterious comforting line and join the souls hanging in the ether. I think that we as a people, we as a people with our farting lovely idiosyncrasies as a strange little race hanging in space could build something new, something striking. If none of this existed and instead we were just given, allowed our time, the time we were bestowed by being born into a world that is made up, you are going to fuck me on the west side in the dark by the Hudson. And you are an enigma from two years ago who burned a cop car at the right time. And I was going to let you. Hands on my thighs, skirt rolled up, staring into the depths of the river that would make me grow gills if you decided to pull out and throw me in. Throw me in. Give me the gills. Give me the bodies and the sunken cars is freedom to be found in the third arm and the second head and the smarter brain that I'll grow at the bottom of the Hudson. Maybe I'll crawl out a drowned hideous creature, horrifying enough to be paid to exist in solitude. I'll move into a house on a hill. Just let me be your 21st century recluse. Give me the time back and maybe I'll write something worthwhile. With a stipend, I'll write love letters to friends and mean them. I was on my bike coming home from work and there was one man in the Hudson in a wetsuit mouth full of tainted water yelling happily at one old man on shore and I took a quick video of his joy in pollution interspersed with videos of a nut truck and we all laughed at him. But hell, maybe he and his hidden wetsuited gills are better off than mine 9 to 5, 10 to 6, 11 to 7 some Saturdays. After all, the pandemic is lonely. I am lonely. My bed is lonely. And I am hot online. Loneliness has bred nothing but photos with nothing in them. Streets filled with only me. If my grandma dies, I'm going to tear the world apart. Don't I know it? Thank you. All right. All right. All right. Thank you, Morgan. Uh, I love that poem. I love all your poems. And uh, they all take me on a a journey that I've never been on before. So, uh, uh, and it's been great. It's, this was the year that I think we heard your work for the first time at the Ops. So, uh, uh, and now we just have it in our lives every month or more than that <laughs> if we want, because uh, it exists in the world. Um, okay, thank you so much. So far we've heard from Morgan Boyle, Josephine Blair, Preeti Shah and Arthur Russell. I believe the first four. I didn't forget anyone, did I? Okay, we will review all this at the end. Uh, don't worry. Our next reader, so we're about a third of the way through. Our next reader is uh, another poet, I think, that started reading uh, with Brooklyn Poets this year and just killing it every month, Cassidy Gabriel. How are you doing, Cassidy? I'm well, Jason. Thanks. Hi, everyone. Very excited to be here and to have like seen and met a lot of you last night. 
Okay. Lips. In the eighth grade, Mrs. Larkin stops class to tell everyone that I have perfect lips for drawing. She has never seen lips that are so categorically, anatomically, phenomenally perfect, beckons the class over to see up close for themselves. We are drawing self-portraits in the mathematical way, bisecting and trisecting our cherubic faces, slicing eyes from noses, dissolving ourselves into thirds and quarters of cheek and ear in search of the ratio that will tell us who is worth it. Does this divide? Does this divide? They're so bow-shaped. A vermilion border crafted by Cupid himself and so full. Literally, she's never seen it before. Not in all of her years of teaching. Never seen a pair of black lips. Thanks, everyone. Okay, okay, okay. Thank you, Cassie. That was awesome. Uh, was that the first poem you read for the opera? Was it the second? Like, you won, like, the first or second time that you... You read it. I think this was, yeah, this is like one of the first poems I ever wrote. <laughs> You're like, what's up, y'all? This is a this winning thing isn't so hard. I don't know why you guys are struggling with it so much. Um, yeah. Thanks, Jason. But uh, yeah, it's not hard to see why. Okay. Um, teacher's man, Mrs. Larkin. <laughs> Hope she's figured it out. We're all praying for you, Mrs. Larkin. <laughs> Our next reader is Surendra Rao. This is nice going over these names because I just have this warm memory of seeing all your faces in person yesterday and uh, and having such a great time. So uh, how are you doing, Surendra? I'm doing great. Um, thank you so much, Jason, and thanks uh, to all of you. It's it's just such a privilege and honor to read with with this group. And um, I feel like some of these poems have been gut punches, so I'm, I'm going to try and do my best to uh, to keep my composure and read this one. Um, thank you. Uh, this is um, this is a list poem. It's about my mom. It's called All That's Left. This is all that's left. Glass bracelets, worn saris, old lipstick, address books, album stamps, Nikon camera photographs, pruning shears, aster flowers, ashvibhuti, kumkum powder, Frayed skeins of yarn, torn greeting cards, Dev Anand films, Asha Bosley songs, dosa recipes, sewing needle threads, blocks of jaggery, King's Hawaiian bread, Kala lilies blooming, Lord and Taylor jackets, silver puja vessels, Maggie noodle packets, Davanam store earrings, grade school dioramas, Thyagaraj Akritis, daily suprabatham, super will pass by Aikman, ornaments in the attic, miniature house you painted, Kannada that we practice. Sabudana Kichidi, textbooks on neurology, one dismantled Christmas tree, idlis that we eat with ghee, stories by Arkane Arayan, Deepa Wick set next to matches, jasmine flowers, threading garlands, furnace of cremation ashes, jars of lime and mango pickles, yellow rosebush that you planted, Abhishekam at the temple, and the death rites we have chanted. This is all that's left to me, all that you have left to me. All right, thank you, God. What a pleasure to hear you read that again. Uh, it has one life on the page. It's beautiful on the page, and then when you read it, it's it's it seems both inevitable and surprising the way that you read it, the way that it speeds up. Um, well done, my friend. Great to see you yesterday once again. Beautiful poem. Um, okay, I think we are now about 
halfway through. We started with some longer ones, and now we got we had some quicker ones. So now we're now we're halfway through. It's, it's almost I'm almost sad already. It's like it's gonna be over soon. Uh, but we have six more amazing poems coming up. The first is by Arshvarya Aurora, one of the members of our mentorship program cohort, along with Arthur Russell and uh, Tona Malalu. Uh, Ishvarya, how you doing? I'm good. I'm so grateful to be a part of um, this community, to hear all of your wonderful poems, um, to meet some of you last night. Um, yeah, thanks for being here. Important information about this account. I ignored it. I didn't pay. My overdue payments became horses, my bank, a river bank, and their cash came for my rest. A bank statement erasure. Oh, 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 this count. Pay and rest. We will not charge rest if you lance the horse. By the horse due date, we will begin charging in rest. Oh, cash advances. Oh, the action date. Total rest charge computation. Rest charges accrue, are pounded daily. To determine the rest charge, we multiply each subject by its daily rate to determine total rest for the cycle. We rest daily. How we allocate horses. Horses are allocated to balance your balance. We allocate horse equal to total horse due. Horse in excess of your total horse due will be lanced. Important information about horses by phone. When using horse by phone, you authorize us to initiate an electronic horse. You must mount each horse. For your protection, we will ask for a fee. To cancel, call us before the scheduled horse date. Same day horses cannot be edited or canceled. Your credit lines only a portion of available riverbank. Advance the line you have. Cash advances, cash advances over your line, cash advances over end date. This is a future closing. The new balance appears. This state is not a payoff and may be subject to additional rest charges. This state, a virtual form of your physical terms and conditions, consult your riverbank. Riverbank, a mark of America. Thanks, y'all. Okay, great. Thank you. God, what a pleasure. Uh, the play of that is just, and it's a, for, for a word that immediately comes to mind for me. It just makes me smile like a goofball. <laughs> <laughs> but uh there's a seriousness obviously also and it's, it's amazing how those two things are in play together uh just really original poem thank you Ashbury. um okay we are past the midway point and uh on to our beloved jay eason office manager currently stationed in south korea which may be biases me a little bit towards Jay <laughs> since my family's from South Korea, but I'll try to be impartial. Uh, Jay, how's it going? It's going well. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> That's good. Go for it. Okay. 
how human it is to be hungry. Chicken bones rest scattered on a plate surrounded by the crumbs of a newly eaten steak. Cherry Kool-Aid stained lip shape on the side of the cup. Artificial red remnants pool in its base. A pecan pie slice sits on the side of the food tray, unfinished. Have you thought about the last thing you want to be filled with? What is the last thing that will stick to the sides of your teeth in a mouth that will one day be decayed? Scrolling through the Wikipedia page of documented last meals of condemned prisoners feels like reading a ledger. We record their last words, the last thing they eat, the time of their final heartbeat. Confined to cages, their lives end under a blanket of fluorescence. In 2011, Texas stopped giving death row inmates the option to choose their last meal. Whatever the general population is being fed on the date of, the de of their death is what they're served. They don't get to choose the last thing to gnaw between their human teeth, gulp down their human throat, break down with their human enzymes. And I mention human so much because I think we forget how quickly humanity escapes someone the moment they are read their verdicts to ask for a last meal or not. In 2002, Turkey abolished the death penalty. Those sentenced to the highest offenses are given aggravated life imprisonment in F-type prisons. Over 122 F-type prisoners have died from death fasting. Hunger strikes where death is the goal. They protest the inhumanity of their confinement the uninhabitableness of their dwellings. Their cells are described as coffin-sized. They meet death before their last breath is drawn out, sustaining themselves on the littlest bit of nothing to prolong the inevitable. Hunger wilts away every cell in their being. They deflate the life out of their bodies, how brave it is to fight against a most common desire. There will be a day when our bodies will only be bones, bones mapped with our lives that people will hardly be able to read. One day, our tongues will no longer touch food. Hunger will implode in our stomachs, fill all the fault lines that made some of us less than human, less than that want of hunger. Ricky Ray Rector was put to death on January 24th, 1992 in Arkansas. The third person to be murdered by the state since Furman v. Georgia. His last meal, fried chicken, steak, cherry Kool-Aid and a slice of pecan pie. Ricky Ray left his slice of pie telling guards that he was saving it for later. Last words that had many questioning whether he should have been put to death since a failed suicide attempt lobotomized him. Bill Clinton, campaigning for the 1992 election at the time, used Ricky Ray's death to not only relay his stringent belief in capital punishment to help him secure the presidency, but to deflect from a looming sex scandal. It took 50 minutes for executioners to find a suitable vein. 
15 minutes for Ricky Ray to be murdered by the state. His leftover slice of pecan pie was not disposed of until after his death. Wow, Jay, this poem just makes me speechless. Uh, amazing poem, haunting poem, terrible poem. Uh, not the poem, but obviously what it was about. Um, thank you is all I'll say. Um, yeah, just gonna move on. Our next poet of the evening, also saw you yesterday. It's great to see you. Tawanda Malalu, how are you doing? I'm all right. I also realized I forgot to send a bio. Uh, sorry, but I exist. I'm a real person, I promise. <laughs> um, can, can you hear me, by the way? My microphone gets funky. Okay, cool. That's good. All right. This poem is called Elegy. Um, another prose poem, yay. Elegy. I've been down on the chameleon in my throat. He burst into a single color. Predictably, that lacerated into what white people have since called sincere and quite pained. And black people continued with their day, never having needed to pretend rainbows to sing. I'm flooded with other people's selves, their quiet traumas, their various walking speeds across the river. I have seen someone walk on water, nor could I blame my father for an event horizon he just happened to have ejaculated me into. Nor could I blame my mother for then having characterized me as ungrateful for this invitation to this party. 90s kids be like, by the time we showed up, all the alcohol was gone. They drowned. My turn-ons include watching capital explode into non-imagination. Initially, my personal finances, yes. And now, gross domestic products, the ozone layer, democracies. It's been a good season these few years. Whereas for those without a sense of humor, the idea of skeletons pole dancing is not appealing. Whereas for those with a sense of humor, the reality of systematic death is also not appealing. Whereas I do not know upon which ground I stand, but it looks a little parched. We return to the subject of my throat with the additional question of my ownership. If I pay my taxes, do I belong to myself or do I, you have not attempted to wave away original sin with social contract theory? I mean, all genders get along if someone else suffers for peace, says every human arrangement of tar, toil, and torture. It's a pretty skyline. In a plane that thunders towards another human arrangement, they stuff me in economy. There is always someone who works harder than me. There is always someone who is more of a morning person. There is always someone else who isn't as pretty as you. Thank you, everybody. Have a good night. Well, thank you, Tawanda. <laughs> Every line of this, and then you get to the end, and I'm just ended <laughs> three times. There's always someone who works harder than me. It's just it's like excruciating. <laughs> I don't even know particularly why it is, but 
so excruciating. I unplugged myself. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's, I don't know. I could just keep talking about this poem, but uh, I try not to say too much. I don't want to influence anyone. I, I don't want to influence myself. I, I, I honestly have no idea who I'm going to vote tonight because I, I love all these poems. Um, okay, we are very close to the end. I think we've got three more fine poets for you this evening. This one we rescued from the attendee list and helped materialize into panelist form. Yana Kane, how are you doing? I am doing fine. Um, there you are. Thank you. <laughs> right. I'm very okay. grateful to be here. Um, I um, I have uh, lived in, in uh, Brooklyn the first couple of years of my American life. And it's a fantastic thing for me to return to Brooklyn, even, even if in this uh, virtual form. Um, very grateful to be here and to listen to such poetry. My poem is called Good Fortune and it consists of three parts. The first is called In Zohar. And there is an epigraph from the book of Genesis that tells the story of Lot and his family fleeing uh, a burning city. The sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered into Zor, but his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. In Zor. If you have ever been a refugee even if decades have gone by, even if now you are grateful for your good fortune, for your settled life under the sunny skies in Zor, you do not let yourself go soft. You do not lose the skill of packing swiftly with precision. You do not trust the luxury of holding onto anything that's not essential to getting out Make it, making it through the passage, entering a new land. You do not forget the story of Lot's wife. You heed its warning. Do not look back. Do not allow your gaze to stray to what you had to leave behind. You chance upon a Google Earth view of a courtyard shaded by two old trees. There were twin maples in autumn. One would drop crimson leaves, the other saffron. You glimpse through the window panes a family celebration. An impish, tousled child stands in the lap of an indulgent aunt to pick a pastry from a platter. Creamy filling blooms in the mouth between the crunchy layers of cinnamon crumbs. You do not say a word, your face impassive. You stare straight ahead, rigid as a pillar of salt. Second part is called survivor guilt. One was destroyed, another left alive and whole enough to heal, even to thrive. What, for lack of a better word, gets called survivor guilt is silence, incorrectly heard. It is a feeling built without a solid foundation of cause and effect. You acted wrongly, wrongly failed 
to act. You won by cheating in some vital contest. It is a phantom pain, the non-existence of a contrast, the absence of a difference, be it of substance or of context, that would be relevant and plain, that would, failing to justify, at least explain. And the third part is called Turns of Fate. If you have never been a refugee, do not say, I would not have been able to, even if you mean it to express admiration. A refugee is not made of sterner stuff than your own soft, vulnerable core. A refugee is you, yourself, two turns away, two turns of fate away from where you are now. Thank you. Okay. Beautiful poem, Jana. Uh, you read that so well. I, I love the ending. I mean, the whole poem is great, but uh, that third section kills me in a good way. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, we are on to our final two poets, I believe. Let me just check. Yes, we've got two poems left. Uh, again, it's, it's almost... I'm, I'm getting sad it's like I've enjoyed this and I don't want it to end but end it must uh our next poet um the poets laureate of Sunset Park fine man Todd Friedman how you doing I'm all right very glad to be here I, I was thinking listening to everybody that um open poets is not going to protect you from COVID-19 but it will help get you through it <laughs> I appreciate that. Okay. To my dear unborn grandchild. Actually, my not yet even a twinkle in the eye grandchild. It's a funny way to begin. But if you are reading this, then things didn't go the way I wanted. And I'm leaving this because I never got to toss you in the air. And I never got to tickle you in the tummy. And I never got to read to you and tell you silly stories. Right now, your mother is trying to make her way in the world. It will be a number of years before she can make room for you. One day you may ask her about the past and you may ask her about me. Ask her if she remembers when she and I went out looking for poems together. She was very young and may not remember, but if you and I had gotten to go, maybe it would have reminded her. Ask her if she remembers splashing in the puddles while we went looking in the rain. Ask her if she remembers how I told her that poems would come to her if she just stood still, and how one actually did not long after that. I would have loved it if you and I could have gone out looking. I've never been that good at finding the constellations, except for the Big Dipper. But maybe you and I could have found the lines that hold the other stars together. We could have traced them, written them down in a book together, so we would have been able to find them again. I could have ridden you on the back of my bicycle, just like I did with your mother. 
We could have gone out for breakfast or picked up some bagels to take home, but the best would have been teaching you how to ride a two-wheeler. For when you got older, we could have gone out in the country and ridden on trails without cars under a canopy of trees for miles and miles. I could have taught you how to saw wood, drill holes and hammer in nails, how to plane sticking doors, clear out clogged drains and change washers and leaky faucets. And don't forget that bicycles get flat tires. I could have taught you how to fix those too. You would have been much more than my helper. We would have mapped out a plan together for doing all our repairs. And if I could have held you on my lap at our Passover seders, you would have helped me lead. I could have taught you how to chant the four questions and how to ask your own questions and how to treat the stranger. For believe it or not, you were once a stranger in a strange land. If you learn nothing else, learn that. And you can learn it while standing on one foot, even on your tippy toes. And speaking of strangers, I know that even with photos and videos, even with the stories your mother and others will tell you, we wouldn't have had our own time together. But I want you to know that there is a part of me in every poem I wrote. And long before you were born, I was thinking of you. And when you learn to read these words out loud, my voice will echo in yours and you will know how to find me. It's okay if you wake me. I never needed a lot of sleep anyway. All right, thank you, Todd. Thank you. Uh, I love the ending of that poem. You know that when you read it the first time. It, uh, I love the echo of Whitman there in Crossing Broken Ferry. Uh, great stuff. Uh, I love the humanity of your poems. Every poem is like this, really. It's that time. We're on to our final reader, our 12th and final reader. It's a little sad, but uh, it's also happy because uh, then we all get to vote and uh, celebrate. Um, yeah, I'm just going to start just making a mess of this. So I'm just going to introduce our final reader, Madeline Phillips. <laughs> How are you doing? Hi. Um I'm really happy to be here, especially because like the first ever Brooklyn Poets event I went to was one of these. So very cool. Nice to be here now. Okay. This is called Full Moon Prayer for the Apocalypse. Maiden, mother, crone, change my body, shift my bones like tectonic plates. I want to make space for this next phase. Take what you need, some hair, my teeth, best boobs, make me milk red and moon full. I want to feed someone else when I eat. I want my insides to swim and kick until I am sick. I want to catch up with the climate 
raise my temperature, throw off my balance, make me beg for water and then collapse my veins like riverbanks after a flood, pollute my thoughts until my vision blurs, make the weather even more unbearable. Laughter, tears, then nothing and nothing and nothing and numb between my legs, so numb I erupt without warning like an underwater volcano. And when people ask why I am screaming, I want to tell them. I ate an apple core, chewed a cherry pit, swallowed an unskinned orange, whole. And now I am growing a tree inside me. Oh, rip me open with your roots. I want to ooze and scream until I am hoarse, stretched, sagging, scared, and empty, wondering why I wanted to make this soft and curious monster, eyes too big for its body, head a geode, hiding four rows of teeth, its landscape uncertain as my own. Nothing it says makes sense. I can hear the harmonic tremor of its organs working when I hold it in my hands. I do not want this, but I want, I want, but I want to be gnawed, needed until I am raw and bleeding unable to recognize myself. Thank you. All right, what a way to end. Thank you, uh, Madeline, that was fantastic. Um, okay, everyone, <laughs> it's gonna be tough, like I said, uh, but uh, vote we must. And I, mean, I guess you don't have to vote, but <laughs> I, mean, you're, I think you're here for a reason probably invited by someone. Uh, and uh, I feel like uh, you probably feel compelled to vote for, for something. Um, so I'm gonna tell you how to vote. It's gonna be very easy. And this is how uh, you're all gonna identify yourself. We usually vote by text message, but we're not gonna do that this month uh, because I gotta count the votes. It's gonna be a lot easier. And also I can just, I can check if you're all here. Uh, so the way you're gonna do it is just gonna email me, <laughs> okay? Uh, and you're gonna do that by voting to uh, my email address, ku at brokenpoets.org. Many of you know this already, all right? And you're just gonna tell me uh, the poet's name, okay? If you all could just suspend the chat for a second so people don't miss this information. I know you're all excited, <laughs> all right? I'm going to uh, share the, the list of the poets and titles in a second. So you can all see that on the screen in front of you. I'll go over it too right now. Uh, I'll go through them in order. We first heard from Arthur Russell, Unencumbered. You just need to give me the poet's name. You don't need to, to, to include the titles. Some of the titles are pretty long too, so it might be hard. Uh, our second finalist is Preeti Shah. My father sings in my voicemail. Our third finalist was Josephine Blair. My best friend is having an abortion and I can't be there, so I send her flowers. Our fourth reader was Morgan Boyle, Winter After Fall. Our fifth reader was Cassidy Gabriel with lips. Then Surendria Rao, All That's Left. Our sixth finalist, Aishvarya Aurora. Important information about this account. I ignored it. it did, I didn't pay. My overdue payments became horses. My bank, River Bank, and the cash came from my rest. Our seventh reader, Jay Eason, How Humid It Is to Be Hungry. 
our eighth, Tawanda Mulalo, Elegy, our ninth reader, Yana Kane, Good Fortune. I think I screwed up the count. Our 11th reader, Todd Friedman, to my dear unborn grandchild, actually my not yet even a twinkle in the eye grandchild. And our 12th and final reader, Madeline Phillips, Full Moon Prayer for the Apocalypse. Okay, so again, to vote, coup at brooklynpoets.org. Type it one more time. Just tell me the poet's name. Uh, and uh, if your email is not have anything to do with your name <laughs> i should probably put your name in the email uh and then i will see it okay so uh vote now i'm gonna have votes open uh for the next let's say five minutes five let's five minutes give or take all right i've got to count all the votes can't leave it open forever so uh vote now <laughs> if you're here don't don't like get a snack or something go to the bathroom come back like 15 minutes the vote's gonna be closed okay uh, I'm going to turn my camera off, my mic off. I got to focus, count up all the votes, and then uh, don't go anywhere because we'll I'll return with the big news uh, in about, let, we'll say, five, five to eight minutes, okay? I'll leave this up so you can see it. Okay, see you soon. Okay, folks, <laughs> I am back. I seriously underestimated how long it would take to count all those votes. You think counting is going to be quick, but uh, clicking on emails and checking names <laughs> seriously slows down the process. Uh, it'd be wonderful if the poll feature of Zoom enabled you to vote for 12 different items, but <laughs> apparently it does not, which makes it could have made this a lot freaking simpler, uh, but uh, it did not. Anyway, um, I am back to report to you the runner up and the winner just trying to see if i didn't miss anything essential in the, sh the chat um yeah so i'm just gonna get right to it usually when we do this in person there's a little more fanfare but we should just try to make this as exciting as possible doing it virtually uh our runner up for 2021 yacht poem of the year is arthur russell so uh yeah give him a digital round of applause uh arthur is in fact a former winner of the award i can't even remember when that was arthur arthur do you want to say a few words that was like the second first or second year that we did this it was 2015 yeah that feels like ages ago do you want to say a few words <laughs> Well, it's the most exciting event of my year. I don't know how it is for everybody else. And uh, I'm very happy to be the runner up. And um, tonight is the anniversary of my mother's passing. And so this is dedicated to her. Uh, I didn't know that. Uh, and I'm glad that uh, we were, you were able to honor her and we were able to celebrate the memory of her mother tonight. Uh, it's a beautiful poem, one of my favorite uh, of your poems and uh, I have many favorites. So um, uh, congrats again to you, Arthur. Uh, the winner of 2021 Yacht Poem of the Year Award, uh, maybe no surprise to a lot of you, is Josephine Blair, who uh, may have some more tears, maybe happy tears, happier tears anyway. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
Was that <laughs> my brother? My brother is here. That my was, brother. That was Rocco. That was Rocco. Yeah. <laughs> That was Rocco and my family is all texting me. Yeah. I'm just really, really overwhelmed. I've just gotten. <laughs> I'm really overwhelmed. My best friends are here. My best friend from college is here. My whole family. I just, this has been a really terrible week and I have never felt so loved by people like in my life just everybody all of you here and my family and i'm just i don't to say just thank you so much i feel really honored to be a part of this um community and i'm just all of you are so incredible i just feel really lucky okay well i think we feel lucky too um i know it's a tough time for you and your family joe but uh hopefully uh we have a little, little to celebrate now. Um, tell tell Javier I liked his email. What did he do, Javier? What did you do? It was just funny, but okay. I got a lot. Of, I got a lot of funny emails. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, also, had a lot of a lot of people just voting in the subject line. <laughs> Maybe you thought that was easier, but <laughs> it didn't make it easier. I would open your email and be like, "What the fuck? There's nothing here." <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to read the subject line, figure out who you were voting for. Um, well, uh, thank you all. I don't know if there's something that feels very anticlimactic about this. When we do this in person, it's it feels a lot more celebratory because we're all there. And this is how it felt at the gala last night. Uh, but uh, in the future, uh, you know, we'll try to make it that way. Um, I want to say that... Uh, Looking forward to next year, one thing we're going to do differently next year is uh, we'll probably have to do this event again virtually next year because uh, we're going to be doing the yacht virtually for at least the next few months. We are, we are at the half yard line of signing the lease on this new space for Brooklyn Poets. So thanks to all of you for attending tonight because uh, you have contributed funds uh, to help with the opening of that space. Uh, a lot of the you know, the donations through these ticket sales came in at the, on, over the last few days. And we ended up raising, I think, uh, over $1,100 just through this event alone uh, over the last couple of days. And uh, the fundraiser as a whole was, a, was an amazing success. I think we're ultimately going to raise over, I think, about 15000 I think, after we, uh, after we account for expenses <laughs> for all the cheesecake and, and chicken wings and shit that I didn't even get to eat yesterday. It's almost like a wedding. It's like when you're at your wedding, you don't get to enjoy the fucking food that you, bought, that you paid for. But, uh, uh, you know, such is the, the life of an events runner. Uh, anyway, I got a little bit off track. Um, but um, next year, what we're going to do, since the, the YAP will be virtual again for the foreseeable future, we will probably do this event again virtually. But our plan next year a little better scheduling and uh hopefully we'll be able to do the awards gala in that space next year so it gives us a little bit more flexibility in terms of the scheduling we hope to do this event before that gala um so that the winner then will will be feted uh, at the gala and, and we'll get to do a little feature reading um at the gala this this year was great because we, we got to hear dante clark who was last year's winner uh, but there was a little disconnect because it was, it was like the 2020 winner winning at the 2020 21 gala uh, but next year we'll be able to uh fet the winner at the virtual event and also in person with like you know 
champagne and shit and <laughs> shrimp cocktails and, and whatnot. Um, but I, I appreciate you all. Thank you for joining from truly from all over the world. Uh, this is an amazing turnout. Uh, we are losing some people <laughs> as I blabber on, but uh, I can't remember a lot. We, you know, we've done a lot of these virtual events and very rarely have we had over 100 people actually in attendance. In fact, almost everyone that registered for this event attended. I think it was the, the best turnout I saw from like registration list to actual attendees. So uh, thanks to all of you for showing up, uh, not just for Brooklyn Poets, but for these amazing poets that read tonight. To the poets that read tonight, uh, I just want to say how much I cherish you and your work. Uh, and I really want to say this now. We, 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 we started doing these uh, poem of the month things because it, it seemed like we, we need a little something extra at the YAP. I mean, we just originally did it as an open mic, but um, I wanted to do it in such a way where we could celebrate some of these amazing poems we are hearing with, without making it too competitive. I'm, I'm sure some of you have been at other open mics where there's like, there's like judges with like, with like scorecards. In fact, I've done that before and I hated it. I hated every minute of it. And uh, there's like various voting systems and I, I really, I really detest it. So I wanted to do it in such a way where we could, we could still have a kind of contest but but not make it seem so competitive and and i feel like we've we've kept that spirit alive tried to keep it as non-competitive as possible um but uh and these poem of the year awards uh you know again we we do want to celebrate uh, amazing poems but i hope you all know if you're a finalist that uh your poem was amazing and uh in my heart there really is is no true best poem I, I really hate the word best i've come to hate it in any way over the years and uh, you should know that uh, you're you're a brilliant poet and are, are doing amazing work so um i hope you're not discouraged if if you didn't take home the prize tonight but uh uh and, uh you know i think we'll we'll see you again we'll hear from you again for sure um okay that is all <laughs> i'm gonna go one last announcement. Next Sunday night, I hope you will come back uh, for a free event, our final event of the year, where you'll hear some of these poets that read tonight. Arthur Russell, Tawana Malalu, Aishwari Aurora. Um, there's one other person I'm forgetting. I, sh I said Aishwarya. Is there another mentorship program student that read tonight that I'm forgetting? I don't think so. Uh, anyway, you'll be hearing those three along with their nine uh, peers and the 12, uh, the 12 poets who uh, composed the inaugural class of our mentorship program with Jada Spande. So at uh, uh, 5 p.m. Eastern time next Sunday, you can look for that event, bookandpoets.org. Just go to the homepage under events and then click on the link there and you'll see uh, the link to that event. We'll be promoting it throughout the week. Uh, hope you can join us for that, the graduation ceremony and the poetry reading by those 12 amazing poets and it's almost like this event just with no no cash prize. maybe we should give it a cash prize and give you all some i don't know extra fun but it's to be a very similar event we'll be hearing 12 amazing poets they'll be reading for a little bit longer and, and jay dishbande will be introducing each of them individually um okay that is all thank you again for joining us and uh we hope you'll tune again next year for uh the 2022 contest uh, okay See you next time. Okay, there you have it. The 2021 Yacht Poem of the Year contest. It's 
always a pleasure to hear great poems and uh, a, a supreme pleasure, I should say, to hear 12 great poems back to back to back to back to back to back to back and so on. Congrats to our 2021 Yacht Poem of the Year winner, Josephine Blair Cipriano, who many of you know as our virtual events manager. Uh, I should say the prizes are decided by audience vote. There is no favoritism here. Uh, Joe wrote an amazing poem called My Best Friend is Having an Abortion and I Can't Be There, so I sent her flowers. Uh, Yeah. Uh, that's all I got to say about that. Amazing poem. Uh, deserving winner. And congrats as well to our runner-up, or former Yaw Poem of the Year winner, Arthur Russell, for his poem, Unencumbered. Um, thank you for listening. We will be back for another bonus Yawpcast next December when we do the 2022 Yaw Poem of the Year contest. Again, we will most likely be doing that virtually again since we're going to have to do the yacht virtually for the foreseeable future at least until we open our new space and it, it feels safe to host open mics in person again uh, next year we hope to uh, do the poem of the year contest before our awards gala so that the winner as I said at the end of this podcast can be feted properly at the gala with the uh, other award winners um the first winner of Yacht Poem of the Month. Sorry, I forgot what the hell I was saying for uh, 20... I guess it's confusing because it was the winner of Poem of the Month in December of 2021, but it's the first finalist for our 2022 contest uh, with Sharon DeYoung for December, which you know if you've listened to the podcast or the Yachtcast uh, for December 6th. Anyway, uh, that's probably information you don't really need, so uh, I'm going to end this podcast. Thanks again for listening. Uh, we'd love it if you subscribe to the Yopcast if you haven't done that already, and rate us five stars as it'll help more people find these amazing poets that we share with you every month. Uh, I think this is the last thing I'm doing for Brooklyn Poets for the Year, and I'm going to go to the beach and uh, basically try not to work for about five days. Uh, so, yeah, I will uh, talk to you again in 2022. Stay safe and be well and have a happy new year.